You are Locked On Red Sox, your daily Boston Red Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Red Sox podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Jake Devereaux, joined as usual by my co-host, Matt Collins. We are here to bring you the best Red Sox coverage on the internet Monday through Friday, and we want to be part of your daily routine. So be sure to subscribe to us on Himalaya, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. This is your Friday, May 17th edition of the podcast, and on today's show, we will discuss the upcoming series with the Astros, uh, the rehab assignments of Brock Holt and Brian Johnson, as well as some guys who are struggling down in the minor leagues. But we kick this one off looking forward to uh, today's series against the Houston Astros. Um, this is a massive series for the Red Sox going against the best team in the American League. Uh, and so we're going to break that down for you right away. Uh, so let's just get right into the numbers here. The Astros currently on offense lead baseball with a team weighted runs created plus of 134. <sighs> That's insane. When I saw that today, I honestly thought that I had like done something wrong on the leaderboards and I was like, oh wait, like I must have clicked on an individual or something like that. But nope, that is what it is. Um one thirty four for context, that's one point better than Xander Bogart's was last year. It's absurd. And it's, Xander Bogarts was really good last year. It's a team of Xander Bogarts right now. They, <laughs> yeah. they have one, two, three, four, five, six guys in their lineup with a weighted runs created plus over 150. That's that's stupid. Yeah, it's nuts. So right now we got George Springer at 180, Alex Bregman at 156, Brantley at 157, Correa at 153, Robinson Chirinos, who's sneaky good, 155. Jake Marisnik having a season, 158. Uh, Josh Reddick, no slouch himself, sitting at 130. Altuve, former MVP, at 118. And Aledmus Diaz, who's filling in, at 113. With Tony Kemp, the scrub on the bench, at 96. It's ridiculous, dude. They are... Uh... Oh man! I mean, obviously, I knew how good they were, but I'm looking at it right now. That's crazy. Yeah, this is crazy. I don't even know what to say. Like, are you kidding me with this? Yeah, it's just not fair. It's video game numbers right now. And the Red Sox, to put it in perspective, um, we we've talked about how you know their lineup has been really good up and down, aside from JBJ. Uh, but they're currently 13th in baseball at 102, mostly due to being dragged down a little bit by that JBJ mark, which is just so low. Um, and Pierce's is really low as well. So those are major drags. So I think this one plays a little bit closer than it is. But, like, I mean, you got to give the edge in, in oh, offense to the Astros. Nobody's actually close to the Astros' offense. No. Like, nobody. No. It's it's silly good. Um, and if they can maintain any sort of health, it's going to continue to be good. Um, and, you know, the numbers, the traditional numbers are as you'd expect for these guys. Home runs, runs, RBI, uh, they're all first in those categories. Uh, Red Sox are 13th in home runs, uh, 5th in RBI, 4th in runs, and 11th in stolen bases. Uh, that's the only area where they are ahead of the Houston Astros is stolen bases. Where the Astros are. Because the Astros are never on first base. 
No. Yeah, they're always on second and third. You're absolutely right. Or they're home already. Yeah. So, yeah, that's going to be a tough uphill battle, especially for the Red Sox bullpen. Um, and, I mean, the starters are going to be challenged, obviously, too. Uh, you know, interestingly enough, when you take the numbers uh, at as a whole for the season, uh, the Red Sox bullpen has actually outperformed uh, their their starters here. Red Sox are 23rd in starters ERA at 474 right now and ninth in bullpen ERA at 388. But the way that that's been playing out over the last three weeks to a month here, uh, clearly the starters are the strength for the Red Sox. Yeah, I mean, I think more than anything, that just shows how terrible they were at the beginning of the year, and that's still dragging them down. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, over the last three weeks or so, they've had a couple bad starts here and there, but for the most part, they've been rock-solid, consistently good. Yeah, and... um on the inverse of that, the Astros have the best pen in baseball with a 2.84 ERA. Of course they do. Yeah, why not? You know, just throw it together there. Um, their starters aren't aren't scrubs either. Uh, despite losing a couple guys in the off season, uh, they haven't really skipped a beat. Their starters are ninth in baseball with a 3.87 ERA. All this adds up to the Astros being fourth in baseball and team ERA with the Red Sox at 17th. Um, Red Sox are almost a full run behind in Team ERA to these guys, but I think that's that's also something that's going to play a lot closer, at least with the starters. I'm petrified of what our bullpen's going to do against that lineup, though. Yeah, I mean, this is, like you said, this is going to be a test. Um, they, obviously we know they played each other in the playoffs last year, and bullpen's not exactly the same. They don't have Kimbrell, they don't have Kelly, they don't have... The starters going out, but I mean Barnes. Barnes is Barnes. I'm never really worried about Barnes. Brazier, you could say he has that confidence. Obviously, he doesn't look good right now, but it really it takes one good start to kind of get out of a funk, or one good appearance to get out of a funk like this. If he can have a big appearance at some point in the series, that could be something to catapult him. Um, I don't necessarily think that's going to happen, but. I think that's pretty much what we have to hope for is somebody pitches out of their mind in front of Barnes to get a couple wins in the series. Yeah. Or the starters just go nine innings. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd prefer that. Just leave them yeah. in for the entire time. Um, looking at how the the Astros have actually achieved this, though, in their bullpen, um, there's something pretty remarkable that's going on in that Astros pen right now. They're back two guys. Uh, their eighth and ninth inning guys, Roberto Ozuna and uh, Ryan Presley, are having uh, just r- ridiculous, ridiculous years right now. Presley right now, 19 innings pitched, zero ERA, zero percent walk rate, 30 percent K rate right now. Yeah, I mean they have 37 innings between them, and they've allowed one walk. Um, no home runs. I mean, hopefully karma catches up with the Osuna situation. That's pretty much the best hope you have against this bullpen right now. Yeah. Uh, Presley was a guy that I think we all wanted the Red Sox to get last year. Oh, my God. And this was part of the reason why, because he was under control for more than that one year. So still a little disappointing they, didn't, they weren't able to make that happen. Presley is going to get paid the way that he is pitching right now. This guy is ridiculous. Oh, he's... Yeah, he's unbelievable. And Ozuna's no no slouch himself. He's got a .49 ERA on the season, too, striking everybody out. He's been incredible. 
A couple other standouts for them. Uh, Hector Rodon's had a really good season for those guys out of the pen. Uh, he's thrown 13 quality innings for that team. Um, looking down here. Uh, yeah, I mean, everybody else is good, but nobody even really approaches what those top two guys are. I mean, if you get to those two, the game is over. Yeah, I mean, the thing, if you're looking for some optimism about facing this bullpen, and this even goes for Presley and Ozuna, um, they don't really have anybody who strikes guys out. Um, Josh James is really the only guy, and he has his command is all over the place, so you never know with him. But, uh, I mean, they're bigger levers. They get eight, seven, eight, nine strikeouts per nine, which in today's baseball is not much. So um, they're obviously outstanding. Presley and Osuna get weak contact. I mean, they have low Babbitt. Some of that's luck. They're both below 200 in Babbitt. That's just not going to happen over a full season. But most of it is that they just are really, really hard to square up. So um, it's definitely not going to be easy, but balls should be in play at least. Yeah, that's a good point. And, you know, it, looking down way, way down the road with this team, if, if you are looking for a weakness, it is a little bit of that back end of the rotation too because uh, as good as Verlander and Cole are, um, I don't think that anybody's going to be particularly scared of Wade Miley, Colin McHugh, um, Brad Peacock. I mean, those guys are all solid at times, but certainly not quite to the caliber of the rotation that they had last year. Oh no, and I mean we knew that their rotation was gonna wasn't gonna look the same, but uh they also have um what's his name? The prospect. Oh you get uh, hurt? Forrest Whitley. Whitley? Yeah. Um Forrest Whitley just hasn't got called up yet. He's having a little bit yeah, of a struggle. But he'll be there at some point. Yeah, he's he's just not having the season that they quite expected. But you know, the young guy that we talked about last time, Corbin Martin, looked ridiculous in his first start and he's gonna be up in that rotation as well. So, yeah, I mean well he's going Saturday, right? Yeah, we'll see him Saturday Wait. against Velasquez. Yeah, so the Red Sox kinda of struggle against guys they've never seen before, uh, sometimes. So I think obviously the key I've said this before. This is the key in every game, but especially against a rookie like that, um, you want to get to him early. You don't want to let him get into a groove. So just uh, – it's going to be one of those series where they have to jump on pitches. They're not going to get a ton of mistakes in this series. They have to. Uh, once they get one, they got to be ready for it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's going to be a, an absolute test. The matchups are as follows for this. If you uh, missed our earlier podcast in the week – um, it's going to be Porcello versus Cole, Velasquez versus Martin, and Sale versus Peacock for the three games this weekend. Um, and I guess the last stat that we'll give today before we uh, take a quick break is uh, in team defense, according to Fangraphs, uh, Red Sox are 16th. Um, yeah, no, I'm sorry, the Astros are 16th and the Sox are at 20th. Uh, the Sox have nine errors on the year and the Astros have 10. So, uh Close, close at least with defense there. So, you know, we're 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 uh, looking at the bright side, uh, but it's going to be an absolute fun uh, blast of a season. We may not series. It's going to be awesome. So, I'm just excited. think of how many times we're going to see the replay of the Benintendi catch. That's oh, going to be fun. absolutely. Are they doing the bobblehead uh, during this weekend? Oh, with, I forgot with about them that. in town. You would think so, right? I would think I so. Know. If if somebody in marketing didn't plan that out, uh, that was a mistake. So hopefully they are. 
Uh, we're going to take a quick break now, and when we come back, we're going to touch on uh, a couple of the rehab assignments and uh, the minor leagues. All right, Red Sox fans, I'm excited to talk to you about our newest sponsor, Loci. I've been wearing Loci bracelets for a few years now. They're infused with water from Mount Everest, the highest point on Earth, and mud from the Dead Sea, the lowest point on Earth. It's a daily reminder to help you find uh, balance during life's highs and lows. As sports fans, we definitely experience highs and lows throughout the season. Loci's game day collection helps you stay humble and hopeful while repping your team's favorite colors. And with 10% of net profits donated to incredible charities, you can support your team and support causes around the world. When I bought my loci, I chose to support the World Wildlife Federation, uh, and my mom actually bought her. She chose to support the Alzheimer's Foundation. And since loci is a friend of the show, they're offering you an exclusive discount of 20% off of all game day collection bracelets. Go to loci.com and use promo code Boston Red Sox, all one word, to take advantage of this amazing deal. That's L-O-K-I dot com and use code Boston Red Sox, all one word, for 20% off. So get out there, grab a bracelet, support a great cause, and cheer on your teams. All right, Matt, welcome back for segment two. Uh, so we have to talk a little bit about the rehab assignments that are going on right now. A couple uh, key cogs for the Red Sox are on their way back well, on the mend. First... First, I just want a quick update. Um, that bobblehead is in September against the Twins. So I don't know what they're thinking, but it's not this weekend. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense at all. So we should uh, we should pen an angry email. Um, but Brock Holt and Brian Johnson started their rehab assignments. Uh, so, Matt, how did they do in their first, uh, first times out? Uh, so Johnson... Pitched two innings, or he pitched into a second inning. Uh, his first inning was good, one, two, three. Uh, second inning, not so good. He gave up a couple of hits. I think he gave up three hits in the inning, but two of them were singles. And the thing about uh, just like looking at the box score is you don't really know what those singles looked like, so it's tough to really judge him too much. I think it's just for a first rehab start, it's pretty much just good to see him get on the mound and uh the fact that we haven't heard anything about any setbacks after that is pretty much all you really are looking for here um he's supposed to go again uh what they say on monday um this is according to chris smith at mass live uh says he's supposed to pitch three or four innings in another game on monday so it's progress uh holt did not do too well the first game he just threw a walk uh went over three otherwise they already played as we've recorded this on thursday uh he went one for three with a double um he's just de-aging right now so we still got to see him get in the field they haven't really put a timetable on his return yet but that he's playing back-to-back days is at least a good sign so nothing really too special to report from them just the fact that they are playing again is probably the best sign yeah, and I think the the move when those guys come back is clearly going to be those spots of Smith and uh, Ryan Weber. Uh, I don't Ryan know. Johnson sliding into one of those spots, I'd assume. Yeah, I mean, I think one of them will go down. I wouldn't be totally surprised if they stick with the bigger bullpen um, with this big stretch of 33 games of 33 days and use this as an opportunity for Pierce to kind of get a break. Um, mm, that's a it's good a little idea. easier said. So- yeah, I mean, it's a little easier said than done to do one of those phantom 
IL stints because the player has to be on board with it too. But I feel like Pierce, that's like the most logical option for him. So plus they have Chavis who can kind of play that Pierce role and also um, can be at second base when Moreland's at first base and he can go to DH. So Chavis kind of gives them a little more leeway. And plus, obviously, Holt has enough versatility where they could get by with a shorter bench. I don't love it, but I just feel like with all those games, that might be the move. Yeah, I think uh, one of the things we forgot to talk about yesterday was Chavis is a pretty athletic jump and catch. <laughs> we never. Uh, he had a couple good plays there. I mean, yeah, I've been. I mean, obviously, people have been listening to me. I, I've been pretty skeptical about him playing second base, but. To this point, he's done nothing but prove that he can do it. Um, he's looking much better than I ever would have expected. Yeah, I would agree. He's uh, he's handled himself well, so he looks good. Um, let's move on down to the rest of the farm. Uh, we're going to hit on five guys this year who we think uh, have been struggling a little bit. Um, and let's start with uh, one of the guys. Or, well, we'll start with two of the guys who we thought would be in the pen at some point this year and who still might be, but... Uh, the, the season hasn't exactly started the way that they'd like it to. And, and the first guy I want to touch on is Durbin Feltman. So, so what's going on with him, Matt? Yeah, I, uh, he's, his control is just all over the place. Um, he's not, I mean, he's not striking guys out either. He's got a 22% strikeout rate, which, I mean, not terrible, but for a guy that you expect to be a uh, late arm or late inning arm at some point in his career and a major league helper ideally by now obviously that's not going to happen but i'm at, against double a competition you obviously want to see more than that but more concerning is he's a 22 percent walk rate too and you gotta i mean he's he's clearly needs some more time i don't know if it's a mechanical thing i haven't been able to see him but it's really the control that is just killing him right now he's only allowed 10 hits a couple of them are home runs but i mean it doesn't seem like the contact generally speaking, has been super hard. It's just that he has no idea where his pitches are going right now. Yeah, I got to think this is something mechanical. I'm not overly worried because it's just such a small sample size, but it is interesting to see him struggling because in his limited time last year, I mean, he he handled low minors like like you would expect him to. And then, you know, that we knew that the jump from, from high A to double A would be substantial, but... Uh, I don't quite think that, you know, it should be this bad for a guy who all scouts that saw him last year pretty much said he had major league stuff already. I was expecting him to dominate. Um, so he's been, I mean, he's been one of the more disappointing guys in the system for me because I've been hammering at home. I wanted him in the bullpen, arguably on by opening day, um, if not mid to late April, so that he hasn't really even made a case for himself to this point is pretty disappointing to me yeah i agree uh the other guy down there uh lakins who's at pawtucket right now uh 13.2 innings pitched for him on the season he's also been plagued by walks he's got a 461 era uh 12 percent walk rate this season only striking out 21 percent of the guys uh guys are making contact against him 276 batting average against he just has not had that k stuff that he had last year and he doesn't seem to be throwing with the same control either. Yeah, he's had a weird season. Um, he's had stretches where he's looked dominant. We saw him come up to the majors for that appearance, and he looked phenomenal um, considering the situation he was brought into. But 
he's also had stretches down in Pawtucket where he's looked like he doesn't belong anywhere near a major league field. So, um, yeah, I mean, we heard we heard reports from spring that his stuff didn't really look as good, and I think from what I understand, he's shown flashes of the stuff that he's shown in the past, but there ha- it hasn't really been there consistently. And I mean, that's kind of concerning. You heard all off season one of the reasons they didn't really strengthen their pen very much is because they had so much faith in these guys down in the minors and two of the big ones are probably two of two the two biggest ones were Lakins and Feltman and uh they both struggled and really haven't made a name for themselves yeah I agree the the fact that the stuff just isn't quite there all the time for Lakins is a little bit troubling so um I think that's worth monitoring I'm I'm a little bit more concerned, even though his numbers aren't as bad with Lakin struggles, than I am with Feltman's. I kind of think that Feltman will get it going, but I don't know. I'm a little bit, I don't know why I'm worried about Lakin's more than I am Feltman. I think I just don't, I think he has less room to, room for error at this point, you know? Yeah, I mean, he was always more of a, I mean, he wasn't really a fringy profile, I don't think. I always liked him more than a lot of other people did. But uh, I mean, he's definitely—he was never the kind of potential overpowering arm that Feldman was supposed to be, and still should be. Yeah, agreed. Um, let's talk about Durbin Feldman. I mean, uh, not Durbin Feldman. Brandon Howlett, twenty-first uh, round pick for the Red Sox last year, third baseman, sort of a diamond in a rough that they uncovered. Um, had a great debut last year, but. He's been striking out all over the place in this early go at, at A ball. Yeah, he's. Uh, I was super excited about him. Um, he seemed like one of the better finds from the scouting department in a long time. Um, guy they found late and then uh, fixed some vision issue with him. I believe it was like a contact lens issue, something along those lines, and it just unlocked something. He dominated. Uh, the GCL last year and it was a little aggressive to put him up in uh full season ball at, right out of high school for his first full season but uh I mean obviously they like the makeup if they're going to do that and yeah I mean it's really just been the swing and miss I think the pitching is at, I think it could be easy to discount just how big the jump in quality of pitching is I mean the last year at this time he was facing high school pitchers and now he's facing guys, a lot of guys that are like 22, 23, and they are, they've been pros for a few years. And I mean, that's tough. I'm not super worried. He's shown some of the power. His numbers aren't good in the power department, but he's had some swings. He's turned it around a little bit over the last couple of weeks. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think if we're in August and he's still got these swing and miss issues, it's going to be more of a concern. But right now, I think it's kind of a culture shock of just how much more advanced these pitchers are than what he's ever seen before yeah i agree and the gcl is you know age appropriate for him and this is i mean he's got to be one of the younger guys at this level he's certainly way younger than the average age for for a ball yeah i mean he's i mean you see guys who are just taken out of high school and um in this in a ball after being drafted but generally they're like first second third round picks and they're the more advanced guys from their class um i mean how 
was obviously better than your typical 21st round pick, but I mean, this isn't like Tristan Casas is in that league. He's around the same age, uh, same development point, but he was much more advanced coming out of the draft. So it wasn't much of a stretch. Um, but again, I mean, I think they, they wouldn't have done this if they didn't believe in the makeup. So I think you have to believe that there's going to be an adjustment here at some point. Yeah, I'd hope so. I'm, I'm confident he's still walking at least. So it seems like he's, he hasn't completely lost himself, so hopefully he can adjust. Uh, I have confidence in the bat. I think he's – that's one of the things that I heard every time I listened to people's reports on him was that just he had a good feel for the strike zone. So I think that that will come around. Yeah, I mean, it should. And, I mean, he was never – like average in contact was never like his biggest, um, biggest calling card. It's always been the power, so – you, I, I'm looking more for the power than for strikeouts. The strikeouts are going to be there, not to the extent they are now, but I'm really just looking for him to hit for more power. Next guy we want to talk about is Zach Schellinger. Uh, he has a 9 ERA at Portland this year, 8 innings pitched, um, 10 strikeouts, 17 walks. Uh, not good. What's going on here? Did you get to see him, by the way? No. when I Well, the game I went to, they – I saw no pictures that I was interested in. It's very disappointing. But, uh, yeah, he's, I mean, he's been, when you're talking about the control with Feltman and, uh, Lakins, Challenger's taking it to another level. Um, he's got 17 walks in eight innings. He's got a 35% walk rate to a 21% striker rate. Um, this is just, I haven't seen him, so I don't want to say for sure, but it seems like this is, he got off to a bad start and it got in his head, and this is like yips territory. Um, I think 17 walks in eight innings is crazy high. Um, and this is a guy, I mean, I've been hearing about him since he got drafted as like a sleeper. He's going to be in the shooters late in the majors as long as he stays healthy. So this seemed like, like he had a chance to be in the majors by the middle of this year. And I mean, I, it's got to be, I think it's either going to be mental if it's like it's so bad that I don't even know if it's mechanical. I think it's got to be me- uh, mental or he's got another injury because he is injury prone. But something is seriously off right now. Yeah, it doesn't look good for him. So hopefully he can figure that out or uh, he might not be so long for the org with those stats. Um, Denny Reyes, that's the last guy we want to hit on today. Um, this is a guy who performed awesome last year. I mean, just really impressed everybody. But I think one of the talking points on him was simply his stuff just wasn't that impressive. Uh, he kind of does it with uh, good control and um, you know multiple average pitches, and it's just the the package. He's more of a sum of the parts guy than he is one overwhelming tool, um, and we're kind of seeing that right now where he's struggling big time. Yeah, and I mean his control. That's supposed to be why he gets by, but uh, I mean he's got an above average or a worse than average walk rate right now, um, above ten percent. So if he's, I mean, if he's not hitting the strike zone, then he's putting guys on base, and then he doesn't really miss bats. It's not a great combination. Um, yeah, I mean, this was a guy I was fascinated in seeing what he was going to do because you see the numbers and then you see the scouting reports that aren't so flattering, and you, it's kind of hard to. Uh, reconcile those two but this was always going to be the test when he gets to the high minors he was supposed to pitch the game i went to 
I was very upset that he didn't. But uh he did sit right in front of me and he is a large, large human being. <laughs> um that's my big Denny Reyes takeaway is that guy is a monster. So it's kind of amazing that he doesn't have better stuff because just he stood up and I couldn't believe how big this guy was. Yeah, Not he's, even just tall, like he's big. I'd be interested for when you do see him if he just doesn't get much extension for his height or w- what it is because you're right, the velo for his size, I mean, the guy's 6'4", six, 6'5", six, it just doesn't seem to make sense. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be an extension thing. That's the only thing I can think of. But, again, I haven't seen him. It's hard to say for sure. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to watch him. Maybe they can unlock something with him and turn him into a reliever down the road. But, um, yeah, I don't have a ton of faith in him or or Schellinger. I have a lot of faith in Howlett and Feltman, and I'm, like, 100% on the fence and have no idea what to think about Lakins. So that's where I'm at with those five guys. Where are you with them? Uh, I mean, I think I'm roughly the same. Um, I'm probably higher on Schellinger, uh, than you. I've been, I just, his control is so bad that it's past the point of me. Like, it's gotta be something big going on that, that this just can't be his real control. Um, and Lakin's, I don't know, it's tough because I was so high on him when he was in Portland. I loved watching him pitch. And to hear that his stuff is down, it really scares me. I might be a little bit lower on him in th- at this point, but uh I mean, roughly the same as what you were saying. All right. Well, that does it for our show. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. If you did, be sure to subscribe to us so we can be part of your daily routine. If you like the show, please go on and rate and review us. We always appreciate that. And follow us on Twitter. You can follow the Locked On account at LO underscore Red Sox. You can follow Matt at Matt RY Collins. And you can follow me at DevJake. You can ask us questions and interact with us there. Lastly, urge other Red Sox fans to subscribe to the show so we can get in more ears. Fans of the league as a whole, uh, tune into Locked On MLB to get an overview of what's happening in the league in just 15 minutes. So thanks so much, and we will be with you for Monday's show after the big Astros series.